0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: In the fifth round of the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Giants selected Shane Lemieux, offensive guard, from Oregon, who is now, like I said, a member of the New York Giants, an additional third lineman that they selected in the 2020 draft, and we are going to be breaking him down here on the Chris and Joe Show, uh, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. So Lemieux, in terms of what he is as a prospect, before we get into the uh, very detailed breakdown that we've been doing on some of these other guys, he's six foot four. 310, shorter arms for a guard, 32, and a fourth inch arms. And Chris, the one thing that I feel like I really took away from watching him and observing him and seeing what he does as a guard is that he is a big, mean, nasty mauler. He's just a little bit inconsistent at times and is not – he doesn't play as good as he should be on every single down on every single play.
2: Yeah, that's, I think that's a really good uh – summary of lemieux he is you know big he's got great competitive toughness he's definitely got a mean streak you can see that in his blocks he seems to like going that extra mile to ragdoll a defensive lineman whenever he gets the opportunity and he is just a country strong dude he he looks bigger than he measures and he plays, I think, bigger than you would expect a 6'4", 3'10 guard to, to play. He was probably one of the top three strongest players, well, certainly strongest offensive lineman that I saw on tape this year. And once he gets locked in, he has the ability to impose his will on a defensive lineman.
1: Yeah, and that's really the big case here is that he has this this perfect strength that you want in a guard, in a guy in the interior that is bodying and beating the hell up of uh, on on defensive tackles and knocking them around, putting them into the ground, making linebackers pay. But it just seems at times he doesn't really use it to the full full ability and capability that he can. And I think that's why he fell and landed where he did. He he was a 5th round pick because he has traits that a team like the Giants who need additional depth at offensive line that they can say, all right, we can take this guy, we can work with him. You know, maybe we can get out of him what his what those traits that strength is is making him fully capable of. But if not, he you know he's a base level player because we can't get him to to fully unlock some of that stuff. Because in, in terms of what he does physically, I mean, I think he's got a, a pretty decent. Ceiling for a fifth rounder, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, Chris. But why don't we take some time here and really unpack him as a prospect? And like we did with Matt Pert and with Andrew Thomas, we talked about his run blocking ability, their pass blocking abilities, and we're going to do the same here. So, Chris, the big key though, when it comes with run blocking, is that he is just a huge mauler, like we've said. He looks like he wants to kill every single guy that he lays his hands on, trying to ragdoll guys throw them into the ground. And so I mean, sometimes that can be a bit of a, um, a a weakness because he's overly committing to trying to, to, to blow these guys off the ground and into the ground. If, if that makes sense, but the biggest issue besides all that, that big power it just seems like he does not have very, very good foot speed for an interior lineman.
2: No. And I think that is kind of the limiting factor with him, with Lemieux. And You said before when we first started talking about him that he, at times, he can be inconsistent. He doesn't really bring that power and Mauler mentality to bear on linemen sometimes. And I think that is really just his his athletic limitations getting in the way. He is not a very good athlete. He is slow-footed. His footwork is okay for a guard. I would say good enough for a guard. I would say he is... Scheme limited. I would not want him in a zone blocking scheme or an offense that runs a lot of zone blocking scheme, just because I don't think he has the agility, the athleticism, the range to flow as much as those blocking schemes ask their linemen to. Yeah, I think I look at him as much more of a downhill man gap uh, hat on a hat, pick a guy and block him type guard. And, you know, eventually he is going to match up on guys who can just straight up out athlete him. And that I think is when those inconsistencies are really going to show themselves. And unfortunately, that's going to happen a lot more at the NFL level than at the college level.
1: You make a really good point, though, there, Chris, about his ability does not really translate to a zone blocking scheme because it takes him a long time to get moving and it feels like his feet don't really pick up when he steps it just seems like it's uh, it's like he's sliding while he's he's trying to run block and get upfield so he, he, needing to do what you need in a zone blocking scheme would require being able to move quickly laterally quickly um, step effectively and powerfully but he just he's more of a big lumbering guy that is all about overpowering people. And the thing that I see him do really, really well, and I'm sure it's the same case for you, Chris, is that you see him uh, grab on on these these double teams and and just overtake guys while uh, Penny Sewell would then go to the next level in some instances. Or if he was... doing an ace block with a center, that kind of stuff was just like watching him just unload on guys because they were out of position those defensive tackles they weren't expecting a double team and he was able to just push his power and his explosiveness into some of these players and that is the kind of uh, of blocking that's gonna work effectively w- with Lemieux and maybe that's what the giants saw in him is that if they can unlock that ability to um to you know to do these uh, these these combo blocks effectively. That's the kind of thing that they're going to want in, in in this the the run scheme that they'll be running in front of Saquon Barkley. You mentioned him just locking on and overpowering
2: defensive tackles, and that really is his game. He. he doesn't create a ton of movement in the run game at least not as much as you would expect from a player as powerful as he is but he has the ability to to latch on when he gains inside leverage gets his hands inside a defender's shoulders on their chest plate he has great grip strength he latches on he's got meat hooks for hands and he can just torque them out of gaps and really just kind of dig defenders out and pry open holes rather than drive them back off the ball.
1: Certainly, with all that size, that power, that, that the meanness that he brings to the offensive line, creates this uh, entity, if you will, in the in the interior of the offensive line, especially with Oregon, that he can just be a, a, a hole paver, a guy that clears out space, that makes room. Now, he's not going to do everything else at an elite level when it comes to moving and getting upfield and all that stuff, but he has that athletic explosive strength that you want with an offensive lineman. Now, Chris, in terms of his, his pass blocking, this is where things are, aren't as clean and a little bit iffy because some of the power doesn't always translate to pass blocking because he's got this drive ability and that's not really what you need in pass blocking and all the stuff we talked about his issues with run blocking is his feet are slow he's very slow footed so his, his steps are a little bit choppy when he's kick setting he doesn't really get very far um especially when he's taking situations with smaller quicker defensive tackles he can't really get into position quickly enough and it's just a lot of him still being able to use his strength and grabbing on and not allowing any more continued pressure but that's not always consistent if he goes up against these these faster guys he can be a bit hung out to dry if he doesn't get get some help
2: yeah like you talk about uh mirroring and pass protection the ability to move side to side laterally and you know, put yourself in gaps that pass rushers are trying to get through. I would say that's you know, his ability to that is functional at best. We were saying before the show, before we started recording, that you know, he can move as long as you only ask him to move about a yard or two. If you ask him to move more than that, it's just not gonna go well. So, you know, if he has to move quickly or has to cover a large area, he he just is not going to have the the foot speed, the athleticism, the range to do that. And unfortunately, that is definitely going to limit him against more athletic interior linemen.
1: You bring up a lot of really good points in trying to illustrate what he is as a player. He's, he's not a guy that's going to flourish in space. He's not like Matt Parrott, who we talked about a couple of shows ago about how he's, he's this uh, large um, dancing bear, if you will, a guy that's huge and, and, and very... Um, very fluid in his movement abilities that's not the case for uh for for Lemieux here he he's very tight in where he can move and he has to move in a very constricted location but the the good thing that does come with it is he has that necessary power to handle guys in pass rush situations so if somebody comes at him if he gets a nose guard or or an interior defensive lineman that's 300 plus he has that upper body strength and the the relative balance to prevent any further upfield pressure so that seems to be his biggest strength when it comes to pass blocking and I, I feel like you could agree with me on that one that he handles those bigger meatier defensive tackles pretty well
2: yeah he, he is a phone booth player you lock him up inside doesn't have to move side to side too much he doesn't have to try to beat a guy like aaron donald to a spot well obviously that's going a bit to the extreme but you know he doesn't have to beat a hyper athletic three technique two eye technique four technique you know whatever he doesn't have to try to beat one of those guys you just match him up lock him up on another big powerful dude and he can match up with pretty much anyone in that in that circumstance
1: Now, with all that being said and the stuff that we just broke down in terms of what he can do on both ends of blocking, before we get to this commercial break, Chris, you bring up a really good question that we were talking about before the show. And I think we we need to acknowledge this because I had brought up and, and kind of pitched the thought of he might be able to play center we saw videos of him snapping uh, at the gym that he was training at he's been working on it just to be able to pitch and say to teams hey i can i can snap if you need me to you can have me do it and we were discussing not as much but we'll do so more now if he can actually do that, if he can play center, if he can transition to center and compete at that center spot, and I think pretty simply chris i don 't know if his feet are quick enough to, for him to to play at that center position, especially because his arms aren 't long enough to to overcome those issues with his foot with his uh, footwork rather
2: uh yeah i I kind of agree with that, yeah, I like Lemieux, I liked him as a prospect, I brought him up a few times before the draft. I am just not sure he can play center. You know, centers have a pretty high athletic requirement. You know, they need to be able to uh, work angles. They need to be able to move from side to side uh, to bring that double team with whichever guard needs it, You know, depending on what the play calls for. They need to be able to pick up blitzers. They need to be able to snap the ball and then in an instant deal with a 350 pound nose tackle who is about a foot away from them. And I just don't know that Lemieux has the athleticism to do that. You know, I would say a center, he has probably the second highest athletic requirements on the offensive line. I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. And I don't think it's as far behind an offensive tackle as some may believe. So, you know, it, it's great that he can snap, but can he do it in full pads in a game situation with, you know, DJ Redder bearing down on him? And I, I just don't know
1: yeah I think that's a really key thing to point out here is that it's easy to say a guy can just step in and do something but you have to consider what he brings to the table and just from the simple thought of in some schemes centers will be asked to down block on three techniques or you know a two technique and that's not easy to do if you're not quick if you're not nimble sometimes these guys for a reason are smaller and more compact because they need to be able to move quickly and be able to go and get those guys that are at a further distance it's not the easiest position to play even though people tend to talk about how left tackle is more difficult it, it can be more difficult but they're very different skill sets and the other thing too just watching him run block with Lemieux is I, I don't see his ability to get to the second level good enough if you're facing a scheme that runs four down linemen with no nose tackle, more often than not, you're going to have to chase down linebackers, and I don't see that speed of being able to do that. Some of the best centers in this league are, are closer to 6'2", They're probably right at 300 pounds, and they're very, very, very fast. Now, you're going to get a lot of guys that are bigger than that and maybe not as quick, but the the prototypical center is going to be a little bit smaller, more compact, because you want guys that can fly upfield, chase down linebackers, can bounce off of those ace blocks and those double teams to go and and, and pin down linebackers, all that stuff, and that might not really work for what Lemieux brings to the table. But I, I think we need to establish here, though, Chris, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong if he can't play center because Kevin Zeitler is not going to be around for forever. He's a really good guard for this Giants team. And he's probably one of the best guards that the Giants have had in a long time, but you don't need Shane Lemieux to, to replace John Jalapio right now. You don't. It's okay that if he's the down the road replacement um, for Kevin Zeitler in a few years.
2: Yeah, that I think that's it exactly. Yeah sometimes we get a little bit too caught up in what players can't do but yeah, you know, if you step back there's nothing wrong with a guy being your eventual starting guard Yeah, you know, that's kind of like saying uh you know, damon harrison was a bad pickup because he couldn't also play cornerback you know that that's just not who he is sometimes you just need to accept guys for who they are and Lemieux just might not be a center. He might just be a guard or he might only be a guard. And that's not a bad thing.
1: Yeah. And what we'll get out of Shane Lemieux, we're going to get into that in a second. But before we do, we're going to take a very short commercial break.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience
1: As we've done with every single prospect so far, we have talked about their ceiling, their floors, and also things that they need to improve on. Chris, with Lemieux, it seems like it's a lot more physical limitations than anything that we can really uh, draw to. Our second point is something that is a little bit more game-related and understanding how the game works. But the biggest thing here needs to work on that foot speed. You can only do so much, really, with that. I think that you're not going to be able to, to become an elite player you know overnight in in, in a couple years when it comes to foot speed along the offensive line especially when you're that big and heavy but you can improve it if he spends time in the offseason over the next few offseasons you can get quicker a little bit quicker up to a speed that can make him more competitive as a guard so he's not getting killed against some of these faster players
2: yeah I, I don't think he's going to be able to completely transform himself in that regard he is a very experienced player. He started 52 consecutive games for Oregon. You know, it's not like he is a he it's not like he's new to the game of football. He's not a uh, you know, former basketball player who just got to be too big or anything like that. Yeah, you know, he is a longtime guard and you know, he kind of is who he is, but that doesn't mean he can't at least try to get better. And the other thing that I noticed that I think he can work on is he tended, at least to me, he tended to get tunnel vision, and especially as reps and plays wore on, like longer plays, longer developing plays, I noticed his concentration either start to wear down or you know not show awareness of what the defense was doing, especially on more slow-developing blitzes, delayed blitzes, stunts and twists things like that you know he could lock in on a guy and wind up chasing that guy taking himself out of where he is supposed to be and allow the defense a free run into the backfield yeah i think that's something he's going to have to work on just period just have he's just has to work on that but particularly if he wants to try to make the conversion to center because you know, in addition to be having to be a good athlete, center also has to be a very aware player. You know, he has to be able to diagnose what the defense is doing and communicate and help out where he, where he needs to. And a center can't get tunnel vision. He can't lock in on one defender and kind of exclude every the other 10 from his awareness. So... That's something Lemieux has to work on, and I think that's something he can work on and improve.
1: I'm certainly not too worried about working on something like awareness, and you bring up a good point, though, that I think that you do see him... Be a bit oblivious to things other than his assignment and you need to work on having a good general awareness to be a good offensive lineman in this league and all that's really going to take is good film study and and learning more during meetings and from the the veteran guys along this offensive line now for Shane Lemieux's ceiling It's not like what we've talked about with Andrew Thomas and Matt Peart, how we were saying that both of them could turn into be very good starters, those bookends along the offensive line. The better comparison and the better way to look at his perspective is being an eventual decent starting replacement for Kevin Zeitler when his contract is done and he's into his 30s and the Giants choose to not bring him back. I wouldn't be completely torn if that was what we got out of, Is if, if that's what the Giants got out of, a fifth-round pick, a guy that can step in and play and start for a few seasons, maybe longer if he continues to progress and improve. But because of some of these physical limitations, I don't think he really has that capability to turn himself into a top five guard you know we're, we're just trying to be realistic here that working towards becoming a starter I think is the first step for Lemieux before we can talk about him being a dominant player at his position
2: yeah I, I would agree with that I would say if he is just a competent acceptable starter you know a guy who is not a liability who can be consistent yeah you know, maybe not you Yeah, not top tier, not a guy who's going to be a perennial pro bowler or all pro player, but just who can show up on Sundays, execute his assignments and not be the reason why a play gets blown up. I think that is perfectly fine. I think that is actually a really good value for a fifth round pick. And I think people tend to get maybe a little caught up in you know, what an individual offensive lineman is, you know, how good an individual offensive lineman is, you know, is he a first round pick? Is he an all pro player? Is, you know, where does this one offensive lineman rank as compared to all the rest of the guys at his position? And I think that's kind of missing the forest for the trees because the best offensive lines, yes, they have good players, but the sum is greater than the parts. You know, they are... The best offensive lines function as a unit, not just five guys lining up next to each other. And if you think back to the best offensive lines the Giants have fielded, yes, Kareem McKenzie was an excellent right tackle, and Chris Knee was one of the best guards in the NFL, but Dave Deal was never the best left tackle in the NFL. Rich Seibert was... A good feisty guard, uh, Sean O'Hara was a good you know, was a smart center, but none of them were ever really considered among the absolute best at their position. But for a few years there, the Giants had arguably the best offensive line in the NFL.
1: Yeah, it really is all about how everything works together and and, and ends up being as a co- cohesive unit. You don't need every single player to be an elite starter, you know, a highly rated player on Pro Football Focus in the 90s or along those lines. You just need guys that are consistent play within the scheme, work hard, are cohesive and get get along, get together, and understand what each other needs to do to work with each other. And if you get really good players on the ends out of Thomas and Peart, and then eventually Will Hernandez continues to improve, who looked good in his first early years in the league, having Lemieux step in a few years and be a a consistent starter I think would be a huge plus as that fifth-round pick. Now, in terms of his floor, though, if we're, again, being very realistic here, The best or the worst case scenario for him is just being a backup, being a backup interior lineman, maybe a center if he can work on some things with that foot speed. Can't really play tackle because he's too slow when he comes to kick setting, but being a backup rotational guard makes him uh, an asset to the team, but not an impact serious player that that does amazing things for the roster. And again, that I don't think is a terrible floor. This is a guy that I think has a, a, a not a huge a high a super high ceiling, but not a very terribly low floor that you can at least get a, a backup starting player out of Lemieux.
2: Yeah, I I don't think he's a guy who is going to wash out his first year or even his first couple years. If he is only a backup for a couple years, you know, maybe at the end of his rookie contract, the Giants let him walk or they're able to find an upgrade, you know, whatever. But once you get into the third day of the draft, that's kind of the player you're looking at. If you can get him to be a starter, that is great. But if he can at least contribute, if he can. Come on if, you know, Will Hernandez's shoe comes untied or, you know, maybe if something happens to one of the guards, if he can come on just as an emergency backup and, again, not be the reason why a play gets blown up, that, that I think is fine.
1: Perfect situation though for a fifth rounder and we we also the other thing too when it comes to talking about draft picks is I think we also tend to get a little bit caught up in players and think that the, the player that our team took is going to be really really good even if he's a late rounder but being realistic a fifth round lineman is not always going to develop into a starter you're usually drafting guys in that five to seven range to fill out the depth on your roster and to add competition to various parts of the roster. So that's a really good prediction for him. I think that's a good floor. It's not a guy that's going to be completely fallen out of the league and and not even on the Giants roster in two seasons. He'll, He'll stick around for a few years until the Giants can really fully feel that they've gotten everything that they possibly can out of Lemieux. That's going to be it from us on today's show, folks. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you may be listening to us. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us some feedback if you love it, if you're iffy on it, if you want us to try some new things, give us some feedback. You can also do that on Twitter at Joe DeLeon, at Raptor, M-K-I-I, and you can also follow our main page at Big Blue View on Twitter and on Instagram. Stick around, though, for our next show on Wednesday as we continue yet again with our next draft pick, one of the many for the Giants into the sixth round. That is Cam Brown, linebacker from Penn State.
0: The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands.